Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. Continuing on with our small college theme. Too many times in the world of college athletics, the smaller schools don't get enough attention and credit for having tremendous programs, creating tremendous athletes as well as people. Today's guest, a coach who's been involved at the Division Three level for a number of years, but also at helping kids find a great fit for themselves to extend their college playing career. Brant Miner. Brant, thanks for joining. What's up, Dan? Good to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Always enjoy getting to chop it up with you. So looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, well, we're recording on a new platform, so I, I appreciate your willingness to share a, a new way to go about things. Uh, hopefully this works well and uh, appreciate you joining. So let's just jump right into it. So you played at Division One as a walk-on at the University of Portland. You always had a passion to get into coaching and you found your niche in a couple different ways, but let's take a step back. Where did that passion for coaching in the game of basketball come from? I had a lot of great coaches growing up, Dan. Obviously, I think that's a reason why people want to get into coaching is because they've had good coaches themselves. So my high school coach, um, Bill Cowell, really learned a lot from him, club coaches I had. But I think the gene that I have is from my grandmother. My grandmother, my dad's mom scored over a hundred points in a game. Um, she was a, a legend in Oregon in the 1930s. So kind of a wild <laughs> story. That's another, that's a story for another day, but I've always been passionate. Like you said, I love coaching. I love working with kids and impacting others. And I think that the small college atmosphere of basketball is the perfect venue to do that. Uh, I feel kind of like division one, you get a little bit more, must win, um, pressure to win. Coaches are more like CEOs or where at the small college level, you really get to develop those relationships. And I think that's something that's kept me at the small college level. Uh, Previous job was at Southern Oregon, which is NAIA, which is very high level of basketball, but still probably considered small college basketball. But I think just the the relationships, that's what's kept me in the game for so long is just being able to build those relationships with players and families. Um, so that's kind of what makes me so passionate about basketball is just the relationships. Basketball's brought a lot of good friendships, relationships into my life, and hopefully I can continue to provide those opportunities for other kids. What was your kind of thought process when you decided to walk on at Division One University of Portland? Because uh, I would imagine you had offers or uh, opportunities to play at many different levels. Um, What was your thought process? Because everybody's is different. Absolutely. That's a great question, Dan, because I wasn't highly recruited. I wasn't looking at 
Pac-10 versus WCC. It was two-year school versus maybe NAIA. Uh, and for me, I didn't want to decide my future based on a couple more years of hoops. So I decided the University of Portland was a great academic fit for me, location, uh, four hours away from where I grew up, close to the city of Portland, but not in the craziness of the city of Portland. And just decided to go to a place where I could try to challenge myself to be the at the highest level. So to play Division One was always kind of a dream. And when the opportunity arose to play at Portland, I jumped at it. Everybody else was getting full scholarships. I was I always kind of joked that I worked really hard to be the worst player. But I knew my role. I accepted my role at the University of Portland and loved that experience of just getting to be on a team and great road trips and played against the top top tier basketball teams in the country. So it was definitely a good fit for me. But like you said, every kid's journey, some kids wouldn't be okay with that role. And they'd rather go to a smaller school where they can play. And that's now kind of what I'm talking to kids about is do you want to go to a D1 and be a guy or do you want to come to Pacific, a D3 and be the guy? You go to a D1, you might work your way into a role junior, maybe senior year if you are lucky. But at a smaller level, you can play, be a big part of a program. Uh, so I'm now at the D3 level trying to talk kids out of doing what I did. But I definitely think it's all about the right fit. Some kids want that experience. I knew I wanted to be a coach, so the opportunity to go to a high-level Division One academic school was the right fit for me, but it's definitely not the right fit for every kid because some kids never accept that role. So you're now Division Three assistant coach, as you mentioned, at Pacific, um, in the Pacific Northwest. But as you get to know these kids during the recruiting and evaluation process, at what point do you get to know them enough to really break it down? Because I'm, I would imagine in the recruiting process at that level – you got to you, you have to figure out what their goals and dreams are. But then as you get to know them, you have to figure out the best way to sell yourself and your school, because a, a lot of times and I, I, I hate saying this small college isn't necessarily the, the last option, but they still have D1 aspirations. How do you walk that fine line of of sharing them their opportunities that are at your level as opposed to chasing. Try to break it down and be as realistic as possible with kids because I have coached at the NAI level and I know what a high level that is. Ask Austin Johnson um, as they're beating D1s, you know. So kids, I'll work with the kid and say, hey, you work really hard. You might play NAIA. Well, my trainer, well, my AAU coach says I'm D1. So I definitely lose kids from Max Hoops events or my club program because I am pretty honest with kids that just because I know the numbers, I guess, right, Dan, the chances of playing in college are very small. And unless you're, if you're an average size human, it's very difficult to get to play at the division one level. So it is a thin line trying to hype them up and let them know how good you think they are but also what level you see them being at. So I, I think it's just being honest with them and you're going to lose some kids because they want to be told how good they are and have their ego stroked and you're going to get the right kids. And I think that's how you win at the small college level is you do it with the right kids. You don't have to do it with the best kids, which is kind of uh, 
misconception that you're going to win if you get the best players. Obviously, you have to have some talent, but doing it with the right kids that want to be at our level, that want to be a part of what we're building, rather than feeling like, oh, well, I'm going to settle and play D3. We want kids that want to be a part of what we're building and what we're doing. And so it is laying it out for them. Hey, we might not get chartered flights. We might not get study t- or meals and food and all the stuff that the D1 level gets. But being a part of something special and building a program and um, being an integral part of that, that's what we're trying to tell our top recruits is, hey, you come here, you're going to be the guy. You'll have the ball in your hands late in the game and have a chance to win conference championships and if you're winning in the Northwest Conference, you're competing at the national level. So that's definitely our goals. But it is a challenge for sure to break it down and not get kids discouraged, but also let them know how good you think they are. And I'm, I'm sure there's also a fine line of, of walking through the recruiting and evaluation process with kids uh, who are looking at the Division three level because – how you form your team is much different as opposed to the division one, two or NAIA where there is athletic scholarships. You guys at the division three level, you have to look for, I hate to say it kind of the total package, someone who loves the game, someone who absolutely wants to play it at the college level, but you also have to be a really good student because you are able to play at that division three level because of academically getting into that institution. Uh, Share us a little bit about how scholarship or grant money works at the division three level. Absolutely. Dan, it is first thing I ask, what's your GPA? Because it doesn't matter if you're a two six, it doesn't matter how good you are. And I know there's coaches that say, well, wink, wink, (laughs) He's really good. I'm like, okay, I get it. He's really good. But like, what type of student is he? Because that is the number one thing. Because if they're a two six, we can't get them into school. And even if we could, they're not going to stay eligible. So we really have to recruit kids that have the grades and have prepared a little bit or parents have prepared a little bit for college because our school is very expensive. Um, So I really try to recruit kids that are 3'8 or above, which that really limits. That does limit your window of opportunities. That does take a lot of those kids that are good kids, but maybe they just don't have the academics to qualify for our university. But there's definitely opportunity if a kid does have grades, has money, and has a coach's recommendation – with our program, we have a JV team, so we're able to recruit a lot of kids um, because we have to. There's lots of kids that we want that want to be with us that maybe just don't have the money or the academics. But the main thing is the GPA and because if they have that 3.8, we can get them about twenty four to 27000 a year. So there's still going to be a gap and they're going to have to pay something. So we're not, I'm not recruiting maybe as high of a level of player as I was when I was at the NAIA level, but I can recruit a lot more kids because we have a lot more roster spots. And there is kids that are great kids that have good grades, that have some money, that have the coach's recommendation that aren't quite good enough to be a scholarship level player. So we have kids and we do get kids that show up on campus and quit because they want to sign the letter of intent. They want to post on their Instagram 
how, oh, I'm, I'm blessed to be playing college basketball, but then when it comes time to work, they don't like it as much. And if you don't <laughs> love basketball, you're not going to make it at Pacific. Probably any level of college basketball, you're not going to make it if you just like it. But if you love it, there's a spot at Pacific. If you have the grades and you have some resources and you have a desire to play, you know, we can recruit kids that maybe other schools wouldn't. But if you're a great kid and you have those things, the grades and a coach's recommendation, you know, and have the chance to develop, we, we love kids that work ethic and have that. We call them OKGs, our kind of guys that are selfless and tough and disciplined. And every kid that comes in has to earn it at Pacific. We don't promise playing time, starting spots. Every kid comes in and then what they get is what they earn. So it is a challenge to find that high academic kid. That's not quite good enough to be getting a scholarship, but it's good enough to help your program that loves basketball enough to play when it gets tough. Because it's tough as a college athlete. It's hard. It's very difficult. Yeah, you mentioned you got to love the game of basketball to play at any level um, beyond high school. But you're somebody who I've gotten to know a little bit over the years, and, and you absolutely love the game of basketball. You've got your fingers uh, and hands in a number of different projects related to the game of basketball. You, you coach at Pacific. You run an AAU program. You also run uh, a, a something called Max Hoops that provides – uh, college exposure f- for kids that want, are in the position that we're talking about right now that are not quite the Division One that have schools knocking down their door but provides opportunities to play in front of NAIA, JUCO, Division Three coaches to be able to ho- hopefully extend their career. What is it about the Division Three level that allows you to have your hands in, in multiple areas of basketball to continue to, to chase your passion in helping kids in different ways? D3, I mean, obviously, if I was at the D1 level, I couldn't be doing as much of the stuff as I am with helping kids. Um, but Max Hoops, we definitely are trying to get that kid like I was out of high school. I felt like I was under-recruited. I felt like I was a pretty good player, and my options were very limited. So my goal with Max Hoops is to give kids opportunity and options. And more options are better than less options. And so if a kid can decide between a D3, D1, to maybe NAIA JUCO, that's better than having to go somewhere just because grades limit them or exposure opportunities limit them. So my goal with Max Hoops is to bring current college coaches together with high school players. And I think of them like large leadership development slash networking events because the coaches are there, the players are there. So if coaches want to recruit kids they can if kids don't feel like they get enough out of it some of that's on them because i'll bring in the coaches and you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink i can bring the college coaches in but if you haven't been working on your game (laughs) it doesn't matter right yes no you're exactly right if you haven't been working on your game it doesn't matter uh if you love the game but you can't produce it doesn't matter. If you don't have the grades, it doesn't matter. But, you know, one of the refreshing things that I always find when talking to you is you have perspective on the game and what it can bring. Um, talk about Pacific. I know you've got a tremendous young head coach in Justin Lunt who's uh, got an interesting coaching background in his own right. But uh, tell us about the perspective and, and the outlook for Pacific and what you guys are trying to do there. 
Definitely. Uh, trying to build something special. It's It's been a program that's kind of been the doormat of the Northwest Conference. Um, and Coach Lunt is awesome to work for, work with. Um, like you mentioned, he was at another school in our conference for 12 years as the head coach. And now we're in our fourth year as a staff at Pacific. And so, and he's young, he's in his early forties and he's been a head coach now 16 years. So he's got a lot of experience. He's high energy. He's passionate. He's intense, but we're trying to recruit guys that want to be a part of that. We play ultra fast. Um, coach always, coach Lunt always says he didn't leave Puget Sound to come be crappy for a long time at Pacific. So we're definitely going in the right direction, but it takes a little time to get that culture turned around. And culture is a buzzword. Uh, everybody wants a good culture. Nobody's going to say, oh, we have a bad culture. But culture is not just your slogans or your sayings. Culture comes down to behavior, belief, and experience. And now in our fourth year, we have better experience, better internal leadership than we have had which makes it more fun to show up when we're not having to show the kids how to stretch. We're not, as the coaches, we're not having to teach kids how we warm up and how we get ready. Um, our first year we had kids showing up at four o'clock for a four o'clock practice. And that's not just, that's just not how we operate at Pacific. And so we had kids that were like, Whoa, this is way more intense than I thought it was going to be. I don't want to be a boxer and that's okay. We just want to find kids that are tough enough to put up with the demands of being a college athlete because it is a rigor. It's tiring. Your body's going to hurt. It's way more difficult than what you're used to in high school. Classes are more difficult. So some kids don't cut it, but we're definitely going in the right direction, getting the right kids on the bus. And it's just a matter, matter of getting them on the right seats. And um, But it's fun. We play ultra fast. We averaged 104 a game. So it's very up tempo. We play a lot of guys to keep them fresh. So it's a unique style of basketball, but I love coaching it. I would have loved to play it because you never pace yourself. You just go as hard as you can for one to two minutes. And then you come out, catch your breath, get a drink and get ready to sprint back on the court and cause havoc again. So it's a unique style. There's never an easy pass. Pressure for 40 minutes, we press on makes, we press on misses, which is unique, but we're ultra aggressive. If we err, it's on the side of aggression. So that's the type of players we're trying to get. Well, Brand, I appreciate you joining. I know you've got lots going on with uh, preparing for the upcoming season as well as your Max Hoops events. So thanks for joining and best of luck to Pacific this upcoming season. Awesome, Dan. Always appreciate our conversations. Appreciate all you do for the game and definitely look forward to chopping it up again sometime soon. So thanks again for having me. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.